What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Friday, August 21st, 2015, and you guys are listening to episode 222, Deuces Across the Board, everybody. I hope everybody had a good break in between. Uh, I'm doing this now because I have been on stage almost every single night this week, um, and doing as many shows as I can before I go on vacation tomorrow. I'm going to a beach house um, for a week tomorrow. So I do not think I'm going to have a podcast next week unless I do a bonus one or record one today and then release it next week, which I might do. But I will announce that on social media, on Twitter and Facebook if I'm going to do that. But, um, you know, I didn't want too much time to go by, so I'm doing it now. I got a great episode for you guys. I hope everybody um, is enjoying the end of the summer. I can't believe that summer's over, but I'm a fall guy, you know. I'm a light jacket guy. I like the light jackets, so I'm excited about it. Um, The next, like, from now until, like, December is my favorite time. Like, August to December is my favorite time of year as far as weather because it's not too crazy hot. It's definitely not too cold. Um, and uh, what am I, fucking weatherman? I don't know. I'm just liking it. I'm just liking it. Uh, let's get in. I got an amazing, amazing unacceptable. Like, I'm fired up about this unacceptable that I have for you guys today. Um, this is a, and I did something about it, which is even better. So picture one of the worst unacceptables, like one of the most ridiculous, true unacceptable that you can have, and then doing something about it and getting at the person. That's what I have for you guys today. It was awesome. And uh, it happened recently, so I'm really psyched about it. It's fresh. I'm going to be pissed, fired up. Got a movie to review on the show. So let's get into this here. Uh, but first, of course, the Verzi Effect Podcast has to start out with shouting out the sponsors. The Verzi Effect Podcast is sponsored by the one and only comedy website for interviews with your favorite comedians of today, gonzofame.com. Go to gonzofame.com and listen to the best in-depth, or I'm sorry, read the best in-depth interviews with your favorite comedians of today, comedians that are uh, up and coming, established and uh, you just get the best uh, info from them uh, because of Dave Gavry, funny up-and-coming comedian out there in Chicago. Shout out to Dave. Um, check it out. The, he's got some stuff with, um, actually, I think there's some new interviews that he's got up there on the site. He was doing the, um, I know he was talking to some of Gabriel Iglesias' friends um, on the on the show, so you guys can check that out. But, I mean, just amazing uh, comedians on there, guys like, uh, you know, Doug Stanhope and Sean Patton and my buddy um, Matt Arise is on there. I did one on there. Uh, it's just a, a great website, so check it out. He also did something with, um, yeah, the Fluffy and Friends. He did something with Fluffy and Friends, which is basically the uh, people uh, that open up and all of the friends of... Um, of Gabriel Iglesias. So, uh, and the names that I have here uh, was um, G. Riley, Sean Latham, Dylan Garcia. Uh, they've appeared in, you know, Comedy Central and on Gabriel Iglesias' Stand Up Revolutions, all that stuff. So you could check that out um, and go to gonzofame.com. Also, uh, Brookings Mediation. If you're going through divorce, you debt settlement, bankruptcy, anything like that, go to brookingsmediation.com, and also, uh, John Burton's been doing this for, uh, this guy's been doing it for almost three decades, and um, it's basically, it's not, here, here's what it is, because some people want to know exactly what it is, um, what it is, is when you do mediation, it's not, you're not getting a lawyer, you're not spending money on lawyers, you're not spending money on legal advice, what you're doing is, this is like a mutual party that just doesn't take sides and sits down and mediates and figures out the best settlement for you. Um, what people don't understand is with divorce and shit, there's, there's set rules. You're going to pay a certain amount to a lawyer. There's going to be a certain decision by the judge anyway. So what people don't understand is they actually have an option to get mediation and get things figured out. And it saves them a ton of money. It saves them a ton of time. 
you know, it's way less expensive and it's been helping people for many years. It is an option that uh, I'm happy is part of the Verzi Effect podcast because um, I'm able to give this people, these people, you know, opportunities who listen to my show. And if you say that you're from the Verzi Effect, uh, you listen to the show, you will get a, a significant discount, which you could talk, talk to John about. So John Burton also does uh, free consultations over the phone. So call him at 877-415-7770. Go to the website and um, talk to him. And if anybody out there, if you have a lot of debt, people calling you for debt, you got all this stuff and you want to just try to settle it and get something going, call John. He could help you out. Okay, so that's Brookings Mediation, 877-415-7770. Or go to brookingsmediation.com and tell him the Verzi Effect sent you. Also, of course, All Things Comedy, the best podcast network there is out there. That is where the Verzi Effect podcast resides, along with many other great podcasts like Ari Shafir's Skeptic Tank, Bill Burr's Monday Morning Podcast, uh, Jason Lawhead's Lawhead, uh, Lawhead's Court, um, just a bunch of great you know, podcasts on there. I think there's like 50 or 60 amazing podcasts. They really care about the artist. Uh, there's no place I'd rather be with my podcast. So check them out. Go to allthingscomedy.com or follow them at allthingscomedy on Twitter. Now, I'm going to get right into this unacceptable, okay? Because this happened. This is fresh. This is fresh off the press, people. This happened last night and um, it was amazing. So check this out. I'm going to tell you the whole story. You're going to see how absolutely ridiculous this was how incredibly right uh, myself and everybody in my party was and how incredibly wrong this woman was. Um, So check this out. Last night, my wife had plans and she bought, um, her and her girlfriend um, bought tickets for our families to go to a uh, baseball game, a independent league baseball game to see the um, Rockland Boulders, okay? Now, the Rockland Boulders uh, play across the bridge, not far from one of my favorite comedy clubs, Levity Live, over in that area. So, we go to this game, and I don't know what to expect, because it's not really affiliated with the MLB or anything like that. So, I'm, you know, I'm just like, hey, man, we'll hang out, have a good time, you know. So, we get there, and the seats that we had, and this is very important for the story, the seats that we had were four seats, first row in front of the dugout, And then four seats right behind those. So rows, the first two rows, eight seats. And we did something where we were going to have the adults sit in the back and the four kids, because they play together or whatever, sit in the front. So my son and daughter were going to sit with their two boys and have a good time. And the adults were going to sit in the back and talk or whatever, you know. We're having a good time. And the game's fun and we're just enjoying it. The kids are getting into it and stuff. So uh, middle of the game... They're like, oh, there's a great, uh, there's a great like playground, like jungle gym playground that they have at the stadium, down by like right field, and all the kids run around, and it's a really good time. So, we get up, we go, kids are running around playing. All eight of us are there. We're the parents. We're we're all standing there watching our kids run around like maniacs. It's a great time. Um, so then. You know, we had a couple of drinks, we're enjoying it, my daughter went on one of the little games where you sit on a horse or whatever, a little ride, sit on a horse, go around, all that shit, right? I'm like, wow, this is great, we're excited because there's supposed to be fireworks afterwards, which never came because the game went into extra innings and then there was a fucking curfew, a noise curfew where they couldn't do it. So we keep our kids out till almost 11 o'clock at night because apparently this, this stadium has a great firework display and the shit never happened because these teams just went to extra innings. Which, by the way, Independent Baseball League, when you go to extra innings, whoever made the last out gets to be on second the next inning and start on second base, which is crazy. But you know what? That's a story for another day, folks. I digress. That's a story for another day. Here's the problem. We get back to our seats, and there are three people sitting, not in the second row, but in the first row seats, which we've had, okay? So they're just sitting there. And you know what? Being the cool, laid-back people that we were, having a good time with our kids, half the game was over. Said, you know what? Sit there. You sit in the front row right behind the dugout. We'll sit right behind you in a row, eight of us, so we could have a good time. You know, my daughter will sit on my wife's lap, and, and we'll just hang out back there, and we'll give you that courtesy. Okay? 
And you would think that that's good enough, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? You would think that that's good enough. So, now, there were a couple of empty seats next to the people in the front, so the kids would kind of go down there, and they didn't say anything, but this lady puts her bag down. The lady to the farthest left of the seats in the front puts her bag down, and our friend's son bumps into the bag, and she starts looking at the bag and then looking around and shaking her head, and now she's pissed off because... Her big oversized bag that she put down on the ground at a baseball game at seats that are not even fucking hers, she's getting upset that a little kid bumped into him and she starts getting agitated about that. It's not even her seats, okay? This is the type of cunt we're dealing with here. So I kind of look at that and I'm just thinking, is this lady really getting mad at that and like she's in our seats in the front row, like some of the best seats in the stadium? Okay, right behind the dugout with the, where the players are, and she's sitting there. And she's getting upset because a little boy who's supposed to be sitting there bumped into her purse. So now I start stewing. I start to, you know, and my wife is sitting next to me, and my wife is holding my three-year-old daughter, Sophia, on her lap. And now it's like 9.30 at night. So it's a good hour past Sophie's bedtime. Sophie's tired. She's hanging in there. She's being a trooper. She's sitting on my wife's lap, and she's looking at a cell phone, my wife's cell phone or something. And we want her to stay up a little bit so she could see the fireworks, but we know if she falls asleep, she falls asleep. We rarely let them stay up this late, but whatever, right? So my daughter's foot goes up all of a sudden on the seat and just kind of grazes the woman. And the woman starts shaking her head in disgust and then looking at her friend and talking to her friend. Now I'm starting to get pissed because now I'm like, is this lady serious? Okay, my kids are supposed to be sitting there. This bitch has the best seats in the house that we totally gave up for them. Okay, and now she's pissed off about a little boy bumping into her purse and my daughter's foot grazing the back of the seat or whatever. And fine, you know, it touched, it touched her back. And we told Sophie, put your feet, you know, down. But she doesn't know. She's exhausted. She's three years old. And I'm just looking at the woman. And now the woman is starting to get really pissed off. And now I'm like, you know what? Let, let Sophie go. Because I know she's going to forget and put her feet up again. And when her feet go up again, I'm fucking, I'm, gonna, I'm letting this chick have it. I'm going in. Okay? So now I'm just sitting there and I'm waiting. And my wife has a beer and I'm not drinking at this point. And I know it's coming. Because this lady is just rude. She's sitting around. She's, this is one of these ladies that felt fucking entitled. Okay? She just felt fucking entitled. And she just was just not cool. You know? And we're sitting and then Sophie's foot comes back up again. You know, my daughter's got nowhere to sit. Because this lady has our seats. So Sophie's foot goes up a little bit again. And goes on the chair and then not in the back. And then all of a sudden she presses against it and her toe hits the lady's back again. And the lady turns around to my wife and goes, please stop. And right as I'm about to go in, my wife leans over and goes, well, I hope you know you're sitting in the seats that the kid's supposed to be in, okay? And I just leaned in. I go, ma'am, these aren't even your seats, okay? You came from somewhere else. Get up and leave, okay? Get up and leave. And she's looking and she's like, well, this and that, you know, and I'm getting kicked. And I go... It's a three-year-old. And she goes, well, you're the parents. I go, yeah. I go, I, and then I just looked at my I go, you believe that she's actually talking about parenting when this three-year-old doesn't have a seat and we're nice enough? I said, I'm sorry she kicked you back. You know what? These aren't your seats. Get up and beat it. Beat it. And I said beat it, which was great because I was treating her like a kid. And here's the funniest thing. Matt, the dude I was uh, with, my, um, so, so it was my wife's friend that she used to work with, Stephanie, her husband, Matt. So these people had cowbells. And like whenever the team would get a hit or something, they would rock the cowbells. So this lady had her cowbell next to her. So I go, lady, this, these aren't even your seats, okay? You're getting upset because there's little kids, there are babies around, okay? Get up and leave then, go. They're not your seats. And then she, she leans over and she goes, yeah, well, those people over there were, 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 were near our seats, so that's why we moved. Okay, that has nothing to fucking do with us, you fucking fat dope. That has nothing to do with us, you, you fucking rude uh, my son's downstairs. I can't. That has nothing to do with us. I don't care where your seats are. Go there. You belong where the animals are anyway. Because you can't understand that a tired three-year-old's foot might go on the back real quick and fine. Granted, we told our daughter to stop doing it. But you know what? She can't. And I let her do it the second time because this lady was completely out of line. So I go, yeah, get up and beat it. And Matt goes, yeah, take your cowbell with you. And I just 
was so happy he said that that the only thing that could come out, I just go, yeah. <laughs> I was so it, I was so happy that he jumped in and like he because he just wanted to jump in because he he knew how pissed off we were and how right we were and how wrong she was, I should say. That's really what it was, how wrong this woman was. Could you imagine the nerve and the balls of somebody that you give up your seats and you're cool with it in the front? Your seats. We came back. We, we And they knew. They knew it was our seats. Boy, they got fine. We'll sit back here. And they're sitting. Their feet are on the dugout roof. Their feet are on the dugout roof. They're right there, okay? And we don't say anything. And then the little kids whose seats you're sitting in are around you. You're getting annoyed by that. And it's like, just get up and go. And it was so cool to lean in. And I go, ma'am, these aren't even your seats. Okay, get up and leave then. Go, leave. And she started leaving and I just started clapping. I just started clapping when she started leaving. So the two women waited while, we, I, was, while I was kicking them out of the seats. They waited and the guy, they were with some guy, comes down. And he just looks and they kind of whisper to him. And I was just like, yeah, beat it. And they just left. It was great. It was great. To say beat it to her was great. And to say, these aren't even your seats, okay? We letting you sit in the seats. Get out of here. Get out of here. And she's like, well, you know, I'm getting kicked. I said, yeah, it's a three-year-old little girl who's tired. And when she said, well, you're the parents, that really was when I was like, I'm kicking this bitch out. Don't try to act like I'm a bad parent because my wife has to hold my three-year-old daughter, okay, because she doesn't have a seat and we're being courteous. Could you imagine that? My daughter should have kicked her in the back of the fucking head and her head should have went into beer or whatever she had in her fucking hand. Unbelievable unbelievable absolutely unacceptable to sit in our seats and she was annoyed that a little boy bumped into her gigantic purse that she put down next to her legs in the seats that he was supposed to be sitting in unacceptable unacceptable selfish piece of shit oh my god please stop Please stop. We're not doing it on purpose. Get up. There's a million empty seats here. There's a million empty seats in this in this park right now. A million of them. But you had to come and try to find the greatest seats where we had and we even let you sit there. You fucking failure. Go to your other go to your, go to one of the other fucking thousands of seats that were available where you could have been that close ringing your fat cowbell. She she should have tied a rope around that fat cowbell and put it around her fat neck. That's what she should have done. She'd been a cow mascot somewhere with that fucking thing around her neck instead of sitting there getting upset at babies that are around her in the seats that she took. It's funny and convenient how somebody just walks down to the best seats in the house and just thinks, oh yeah, we could stay here. And the people got back. They didn't even say when we walked back, oh, I'm sorry, are these your seats? Nothing courteous like that. Just, oh, keep everybody away from me while I steal your seats. Keep all these little babies who don't understand what personal space is yet because they're exhausted and they're fucking tiny. Yeah. You fucking... Unacceptable. Unacceptable, man. That's my unacceptable for the week. I can't even believe... And my wife went in. I swear to God, dude, I wanted it. But the the level of anger that I got when she was like, yeah, she's kicking my back or whatever. And I said, I'm sorry she put her... I said, she's three years old, ma'am. These aren't your seats. You know, it's 9.30. She's three years old. She goes, yeah, well, you're the parents or good parents or something like that. And it was like, oh my God. It's like the one night we let my daughter stay up and we want them to watch fireworks and we want to, you know, enjoy a Thursday night. You know, I got two shows tonight and then I go on vacation. My wife had this plan and we're trying to have a good time. And this bitch had to throw in the parenting thing at me. And it's like, yeah, what example do you set, ma'am? Stealing people's seats and then being rude and acting like you're a god and you own the place? How about that? What, what example would you set? You know, yeah, let's just take somebody's seats. Don't even thank us. Never thanked us. Never looked back and said, oh, thank you. Never looked back when eight people come to the to that section of the front two rows. Never once when they came back with kids to say, oh, I'm sorry, were you sitting here? Never once was courteous to say, hey, I'm sorry, there are little kids here. Did they want to sit here? Hey, there are little kids here that like really kind of getting a new experience about baseball. So maybe my fucking fat, ugly ass who's probably been here a million times because I can't afford to go to a real Yankee game. Maybe I can go sit somewhere else and let these kids sit here. 
Yeah, maybe I could have these kids enjoy something and start to learn the game and say, oh, wow, they're getting to sit behind the dugout and all that, and they're their seats to begin with. Maybe I could do that instead of being some fat fucking greedy hog who's going to sit there at some fucking shitty ballpark. Give me a break. Go to a Yankee game, you fucking butchy-looking cunt. My kids are sitting there trying to have a good time, and we're going to hold them on our laps. Are we out of our minds? We're wrong for even attempting. How do you not look back? You're going to talk about good parenting. How do you not look back and realize what you're doing? Is that how greedy you are? Just fucking fat trolls look, yeah, let's go sit there. Yeah, there's nobody there. Let's go sit there. It's just fucking fifth inning. Let's go sit there. And then you sit there, you plop your fat ass, your fat greedy ass, you and the two other people you were there with, not thinking for once, what if people come back to their seats? Not thinking once. That's another thing. Not thinking once. Oh, these people may come back to their seats. Oh, maybe they have kids. Yeah, maybe they have kids on a Thursday night, which, you know, they do things for kids on Thursdays, whatever it is. They got maybe, maybe they do have kids. Maybe there's a big playground up there in right field. And what if they do come back? And then, you know what, guys? Guess what? We did come back. Eight people came back. And did, for, did one of them, did one of them look back and go, I'm sorry, should we get out of our seats? Not to me. I didn't see that. I would have immediately, if me and two of my friends, and I mean this, if me and two of my friends were at a ballpark, any ballpark, and we saw great seats that were open for a couple of innings, and we went and sat there, as soon as a family came back and there were children, I would get up and I would go find another seat. There was a ton of seats in this place. But no, that's not how this woman was raised, apparently. And then she wants to talk to me about parenting my daughter, who's up and trying to have a good time, and I'm sorry that her foot went up on your seat. She should have kicked the back of your fucking head in is what she should have done. Unacceptable. Okay. Um, let's get to your guys' unacceptables. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys. I'm fired up about that. That's just... I can't handle it. I can't handle that. It's... it's. There should be somebody... Like, I mean, that's why there's... That's why certain people deserve to be hurt. Certain people deserve to be harmed or at least scared or threatened, you know, tied up and just not knowing what's going to happen to themselves. Like just do like a really cry, like a serious cry. You know when somebody just needs a serious cry, like, you know, begging for their life. Oh my God, what's going to happen? And like you just really scare them or let them know that, you know, their loved ones are in trouble or something like that. That's what these people needed to just really be humbled and understand life. Oh my god, dude. I'm still I'm I'm not over this. I'm not going to be over this for a minute. I'm not going to be over this. I, I this one I just can't get over. Um all right, so let's get to your guys. Woo! Let's get to your guys unacceptables. <laughs> I know some of you people think I'm nuts, but I uh yeah, I just can't. I can't handle it. What am I going to do? All right, here we go. This one is from Joshua Scott, and he sent me a link, and Joshua Scott, uh, 20, oh, he sent me a link, time to break it, it says, 22 disgusting things people actually do on planes. Okay, so here we go. Let's go to the 20 things that people actually do on planes. Okay, let's see. Why isn't it not coming up here? Okay, yes. So the first one is shirtless. Guy sitting on a plane with no shirt. Another guy was just like... Oh, wait, what's the other guy doing? Hold on. So the first guy is... Has his hand down his pants. The first guy has his hand literally down his pants. Like, it looks like it's down his pants and underwear and he's holding his junk while he's looking at his phone. That's the first thing. That's gross. Second thing, a dude sitting there, no shirt, looking out the window. Uh, the next thing is a guy laying across the entire row with his feet kind of hanging. At the, well, if there's nobody on the plane, that one I don't mind. Let's see, the next one. Ton of garbage and diapers on the floor. That is gross. Diapers is gross. Okay. Next one, I hope I didn't open that just now, did I? Yeah, I did, but I gotta stop it. Damn it. 
Oh my god, the next... Ah, shit. Alright, the next one is just an absolute mess and toys and crumbs everywhere all over the plane. That's gross, too. How does it even get that bad? It looks like somebody was at a baseball game eating peanuts in that row. Okay. And I, I would imagine, yeah, the barefoot one's going to come up. Yeah, so it's basically just a lot of... I'm not going to go through all 22 here, but yeah, it's just... And he said flying animals. Yeah, it's gross. It's gross what people do on airplanes. Uh, okay, so let's go to... The next one, and by the way, thank you, uh, Joshua, for anybody that uh, doesn't know, if you want to send it unacceptable to the Verzi Effect, uh, send it to uh, unacceptablesfortve at gmail.com, and uh, I will read them to you, and as I tell everybody, please don't make them that long, um, because, you know, I'm trying to get through the show. Uh, hold on. Hey, Duke, can you stop that noise down there, buddy? Lucas! Can you stop that toy? Thank you. My daughter's got one of these toys that just goes on. They're like, hi, do you, what do you want to do today? This is like, I want to take that thing and smash it, okay, over the fucking refrigerator and have it never talk again. I'm fired up about this woman, guys. I don't know what to do. All right, this one here is from Justin Bird. And uh, Justin Bird says, unacceptable. Asian man in McDonald's coughing nonstop for 30 seconds while making no attempt to cover his mouth in any way with people eating all around him. After I was done eating, I made sure I walked past his table and coughed directly on him. And yes, the McDo- <laughs> this McDonald's happens to be in a Walmart. Uh, <laughs> thank you for the submission, Justin. And no, man, these people like got to be called out. You know how refreshed I felt? How good it felt to just go, man, they're not your seats. Get out of here. Beat it. Oh, my God. It was the best. Okay. Here we go. This one is... Well, this is a long one. This is a long one, but we'll get it done. This is from Jack Murray. Paul, on my flight back... Oh, that's the theme. Flights. Paul, on my flight back from high school reunion, and after everyone had boarded, we were alerted that we would be... Uh, that there would be a maintenance delay. I've been on one of those before. The passenger in the seat next to me says, look at that. And when he is done, where does he go? The guy right in front of me was, uh, was picking at the back of his head. It must have been one of those ingrown hairs that then gets infected and scabs over. He was picking at it hard. The deep-rooted picking was like he was mining for gold. He gets a piece, oh, and flicks it forward. And the passenger next to me goes, so gross, I agree. Then the guy uh, is back at it again. This time, he does a little dusting over, oh, the back of his head towards me. In a loud voice, I say, this is not a great view. Stop picking at your head. This is so gross. He stops. By this time, both rows where I am, are alerted to this guy picking his head and how gross it is. For the guy, he must have felt like no one could see him because he must have felt uh, felt false idea that the seat... Wait a minute. He must, have, he must have some false idea the seat back was blocking people's view. He really did not know that it was a spectacle that numerous people could see. Ugh. After a short time, he's back at it again, mining away for gold. The pastor next to me calls to the stewardess. She comes and he explains to her how gross this is and she clearly sees the guy going at it. Well, that's good. At least you guys said something. I ask her to speak with him, uh, to ask him to stop or do something about this. She asks me if I had uh, said anything to him and I said, yes, I've already tried, but look, he is still at it. She said there is nothing in the manual for the situation as she looks at this guy digging away. I told her I feel like punching the back of his seat. She says, don't do that. We will not be able to take off. Uh, I am starting to think to myself, damn, this is going on TVE. <laughs> this is totally unacceptable. Uh, after we take off, the guy is back at it again. I push firmly on the back of the seat, a light punch, <laughs> you might call it. The guy stops, but 30 seconds later is back at it. 
This time, I punch the back of the seat for real. The guy gets up and turns around and says to me, what are you doing? In a loud voice, I said, you are a filthy fucking... Good for you, dude. You are a filthy fucking... I'm going to stop picking at your head and flicking it at me. He says, no, I am not. And I did not. Uh, now, at this time, he can see the faces of all the passengers that are close by and behind where he is sitting. And he instantly realized that they all could see him. Yeah, he, he didn't know. And then... He, and then... Uh, and that, he is a filthy fucking animal that should get put in a cage. The head-picking guy in front of me sits down, never touches his head again the entire flight. He stays sitting in his seat after we land. Uh, he has his head turned looking out the window until I get off the plane and uh, until I get off the plane out of embarrassment, okay? I never saw him at baggage claim either as I am sure he is in hiding. Thank you for the uh, inspiration to call this guy exactly what he is. Uh, thankfully, the stewardess gave me the tip, uh, gave me the tip, and I kept my cool until we were in the air. Well, thank you so much, dude. That's gross. Uh, thank you, Jack. That is, uh, yeah, especially like if you're, if you're like picking something and flicking it and the whole place could see you picking on a scab on your head, dude, like, but when are you like, when are you like, oh, wow, this is not cool, you know? Like, this is not, I, like, I'm picking my head right now. And, like, there's a lot of people behind me. Like, is somebody going to see that? Like, when, why doesn't that alarm go off? That's what I don't understand about these unacceptables. Is these people, do these people just not really get it? But you know what? Calling them out is the best. Matthew DeLuna, dear Paul, um... Okay. Oh, this was a, okay. I first discovered you by attending the all-in tour in Vegas with Burr, Bartnick, Lawhead, and yourself. I've been a huge fan and got an unacceptable for you. Well, thank you, Matthew. Glad you were at that Vegas show. I had fun at that one. And by the way, the uh, Four Horsemen, we're getting back together New Year's Eve in Los Angeles. It's going to be crazy. All right, here we go. I went to El Pollo Loco for lunch on Friday and ordered a chicken and shrimp salad with avocado. After taking 25 minutes, oh, and the, the, the uh, subject here is lazy fast food workers. After taking 25 minutes to give me my food, I head back to the office and find that my salad had no chicken, no avocado, and two small pieces of shrimp. After all that waiting, I assumed that they were making me the best salad in the world, but I guess not. I live in L.A. County, so all these fast food workers will eventually make $15 an hour. These people want $15 an hour, and they can't get a salad order right. Uh, when the automated machine that replaces you gets installed, it will be my order. Uh, it will be my order right. Uh, it took me four years after I left my first fast food job to make $15 an hour, and these guys want it right off the bat. Unacceptable. Uh, thanks for the free fun. You can't wait to see another. Yeah, thanks, Matthew. Yeah, that's uh, wait 25 minutes for a salad that's supposed to have shrimp on it and chicken or whatever. It's supposed to be dope. That sucks. Nothing worse than being disappointed when you think you're getting something good to eat. The disappointment's the worst. All right, here we go. This one is from Billy Coogan. Hey, Paulie V, my unacceptable this week. Um, isn't so much of a typical unacceptable, but here it goes. I run a fantasy football league with a bunch of my buddies, and we are going into our seventh season together. We are all buddies, and most of us make pretty good money for typical 26 to 32-year-olds. The lowest earning guy still pulls in 45k a year. My unacceptable is when I send out a group text to the league reminding guys about the payment deadline coming up in a week, uh, and three or four of them say... Let me get it to you next week after I get paid. The annoying thing is that the yearly buy-in is only 100 and I remind everybody back in fucking April about the money deadline and picking uh, their keeper players and whatnot. We use uh, LeagueSafe.com, which is kind of like a PayPal for fantasy leagues, so they can pay via credit card at any time, so it's easy, and they are just lazy. Uh and they're just lazy retards. I'm super organized with my duties as the league commissioner and think I do a good job. I spend about an hour a week with my uh, commission duties, and it's annoying when these fucks can't budget 
uh, a measly hundred when I told them four months ago. These animals <laughs> need uh, Adderall or shock treatment. Pay up, suckers. Uh, man, uh, that's great. Um, P.S. What do you think about Geno Smith getting his ass whooped in the locker room? Billy Coogan, a.k.a. Billy from Florida. Well, Billy, thank you for the submission. And, uh, yeah, I know I, I know people that run leagues or just run bets every week or the $5 pools and all that stuff. And to get money from – that's the thing. There's always a couple of people. Let me get it this time. Let me get it to you later. Let me do this. So that does have to be annoying, and that definitely is unacceptable because if you're trying to run a bunch of guys from April and it's just 100 bucks, it's like, dude, pay up and let's just get this thing going. So I hear you, uh, and thank you for the submission. As far as the Geno Smith getting uh, his jaw broken in the Jets' locker room, from what I heard, he deserved it. Um, you know, I I think it's obviously bad luck, but like I said, I thought that, what's his name, Fitzpatrick, I thought that he was going to be starting anyway. I don't think Geno Smith is that good. I don't think Geno Smith is that smart uh, of a quarterback. I think Geno Smith has the physical abilities. I just don't think he's got it upstairs because that's what it takes in the NFL these days. I've said that many times. The NFL quarterback today has to be as smart as he is athletic. That's why Andrew Luck is unbelievable. That's why Aaron Rodgers is unbelievable. That's why Brady and Eli and and Peyton, for that matter, and 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 you know Roethlisberger has his you know he's he's really good with football knowledge and stuff. I think that. If you're just a football player, but you don't really get the game or whatever, you're like a, I just I'm not saying that Geno Smith is a dumb meathead. I just don't think he's as smart, and I, I think that he was gonna lose the starting job because maybe you know he feels like his physical attributes um, can can get him over the hump. But he threw I mean he threw he was better last year. He definitely was improved, and I think he would have been improved. But I think by like the middle of the season, week six or seven, he was gonna be out anyway. So, um, but from what I heard, he was mouthing off or like he was talking shit and, uh, they're saying the locker room is saying he deserved it. So, um, we'll see, you know, we'll see if that ends up hurting the Jets or, or not. But, um, yeah, I mean, plus I don't think you should talk shit to a linebacker when you're smaller and, you know, I mean, the guy got picked up by the, by the bills, so he's going to be all right. But thank you for the submission. Um, Okay. So, ladies and gentlemen, I have a unacceptable here from a staple now of the Verzi Effect podcast, Mr. Kelly Meyer, and the title of this is the all-time most epic IBS story unacceptable. Okay, so I hope you guys are excited. I'm excited. Um, I have this and then a couple more, and then we will just move on with the show. Let's see how many minutes we are into this thing. Uh, about 37 minutes by the time this is over. Yeah, this is perfect. This is perfect timing. We'll talk about some other stuff. I got a movie to review. Uh, did, a, did a little date night. So here we go. This is another Kelly Meyer Shakespearean shit story. Um, here we go. A.K. Kelly Meyer, A.K.A. The, the Shakespeare of shit. Okay, let's see here. Let me just make sure that there's nothing said here. That um, all right. I meant to hold off on sending this a few weeks. Cause, okay, let's. All right. So he waited. He waited on this one. This was. This was. Um. All right. Here we go. This is this will not be a story about me shitting my pants because I wasn't wearing pants when I shat. But this might be my la- this might be my last IBS unacceptable because I don't think anything will ever top the story I'm about to tell you. Oh boy, I'm getting excited. The timing of this latest uh, shit storm is perfect. You mentioned on TVE 221 that you and your wife. We're getting a weekend without the kids. As parents of three, getting a weekend without the kids is a luxury that my wife and I rarely have. The weekend of August 7th to the 9th, we sent the kids out by my parents uh, so we could have some time to ourselves. I hope you and Mrs. Verzi had a good weekend alone too. Well, thank you, and we did. All right. The Saturday night, we went over to the neighbor's house to drink 
have a bonfire, grill out some good food, and hang out with good people. Nothing too crazy, just an evening among adult friends without kids. I made some bacon-wrapped jalapenos stuffed with cream cheese. Uh, you know, this story ends with me shitting at an inappropriate time. So let me just say I probably ate 12 of these delicious, spicy little fuckers that could come back to haunt me. My wife even commented that I would later regret eating all of those. Yeah, she nailed that one. Everybody at this get-together got hammered drunk. I personally put back more than <laughs> half of a 750, uh, 750 of Jack Daniels. My wife probably had eight or ten beers and a couple gin and tonics. But this is Wisconsin, where we are undisputed champions of drinking, so everyone was still mostly functional. Around 2 a.m., we headed home, stumbling and laughing the whole way. We were only a few houses down from ours, which is good because we were both wasted enough that we may have gotten uh, uh, lost otherwise. Now, normally, when my wife and I want <laughs> to get down to business, we have to be quiet, quick, because the kids. Oh my God! I, I if this is <laughs> if this is headed where I think it is. Okay, we have to be quiet and quick because the kids are always home. With no kids in the house, we tore into each other like a couple of drunk, horny teenagers. We were loud and obnoxious. We went at it all over the house, the couch, coffee tables, kitchen counter, you name it. It was fucking awesome. Oh, that's awesome. When we finally made our way into the bedroom, my wife pushed me onto the bed and hopped on top of me. She, uh, <laughs> she was doing her on-top thing. She must have shaken those jalapenos loose from somewhere between my upper and lower intestines and these fuckers started making their way to my colon <laughs> at, at warp factor nine i panicked honey i said in a very serious non-sexual tone of my voice i need you to she leaned over and covered my mouth and said shut up shut up a second uh juggling <laughs> <laughs> Judging by the motion and speed of my wife's movements and the look on her face, I could tell she was about four seconds from an orgasm and nothing was going. Oh boy. And nothing. Oh, dude, if this gets to where I think it's going, and nothing I was going to say would stop her. I tried to get her hands away from my face, but the human body tenses up in fierce levels at the moment of orgasm and her grip over my mouth was overpowering she pulled her hands away from my mouth leaned leaned further forward and braced herself on my chest she let out a massive yes and she kept doing her thing and not three seconds later i whispered no 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 <laughs> i started shitting what you've heard <laughs> you've heard the term uh turn of phrase uh he shit the bed but this was me shitting the bed in the most literal sense imaginable i launched my wife off of me while she was mid-orgasm she fell off the bed onto the floor and landed with a thud i bolted to the bathroom <laughs> shit streaming from my asshole the whole way my wife came to the bathroom after me because she thought I may be puking. Oh, my God, dude. Oh, my God. And she, I'm starting to tear up. My eyes are starting to tear up here. This never fails. Uh, and she was drunk enough not to notice that she had taken a few steps. Oh, in my shit that was trailed across the dark brown hardwood floor. Oh, my God. She came into the bathroom assuming she was going to see my face down in porcelain. She says, babe, are you? She paused, and then she saw me sitting on the toilet. She looked confused until she looked down oh, at the white tile floor and saw the brown trail that followed me from the door to the toilet. At that moment, she also realized she had walked through part of the river of diarrhea on the floor. Oh, my God, dude. That is crazy. Dude, she's the river of diarrhea on the floor. My wife is pretty cool about the whole IBS thing. She doesn't make comments and she doesn't get uh, mad. Except for the one time she was 
gonna suck my dick on my birthday all those years back before I was diagnosed with IBS. Uh, she's also very prim and proper, so it's very rare for her to curse or swear, and she never ever says fuck. Uh, a look of sheer <laughs> unadulterated rage overtook her face. As she, dude, this is insane. As she looked at me, she yelled, What the fuck? I thought you were puking. I am not cleaning this up. You are unfucking believable. She washed the shit off of her feet and she stormed out, cursing and swearing the whole way. I thought, Well, this is it. The first time in human history two people get a divorce because of bowel movements. No bullshit, Paul. I immediately thought of Brookings Mediation. Uh, and wondered how I would explain in arbitration <laughs> that my wife is leaving me because I shit the bed while we were fucking. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I finished in the bathroom and walked to the bedroom. But my wife wasn't there. Only a nasty shit-covered comforter and sheets remained. I, <laughs> Dude, you got to write a book. I found her in the living room, passed out on the couch. I covered her with a blanket and spent the next hours cleaning up the mess. I took the sheets and comforter off the bed and threw them in the wash and cleaned every speck of diarrhea off the floor. I took a shower and then passed out on the bed. I haven't even gotten to the worst part, Paul. What? This is the kind of asshole that I really am. Once my wife hits a certain blood alcohol content, her short-term memory shuts down. Uh, a blacked out yet conscious state oh wow of inebriation okay if she passes out due to alcohol she won't remember a thing from the night before so the next morning my wife comes into the bedroom to find me sleeping on the mattress with no sheets or blankets she said what happened to all the bedding and why are and why am i naked she had no recollection of the pure evil that had transpired the night before. Uh, I don't even remember leaving the neighbor's house last night. I'm such an unholy prick. I took complete advantage of the situation. I said, well, we were having sex last night and you were so drunk that you actually threw up <laughs> before we finished. So I cleaned up and <laughs> put you on the couch. Then I washed all the sheets and cleaned up the mess you made in the bathroom too. Oh my God, dude. What? Oh, she was horrified and embarrassed. She said, oh my God, baby, I'm so sorry. When I woke up this morning, I felt like I was supposed to be mad at you for something. And it turns out it's it was all my fault. Oh my God. Jesus. God. I don't know if you're a genius or absolute evil. Uh, or probably a combination of both. Uh, it took every ounce of strength in me to not start laughing out loud. Yeah, I said... I don't even get, uh, oh my God, now you are a dick. I didn't even get to finish, but you finished like three times. I couldn't believe I was about to get away with it. Oh my God. Uh, I couldn't believe I was about to get away with it. And to make things worse, not only did I get away with it, but she felt so guilty for making me clean up the mess that she treated me like a king the whole day. She cut the grass, took out the trash, drove three hours round trip to get the kids from my parents' end. She cooked and brought me dinner while I sat on my ass watching TV. She even offered to blow me because she felt so guilty. Years and years from now, I'll tell her the truth, maybe. What kind of uncaged animal would do this to his wife? Unacceptable. Oh my God. I'm standing up for that one. I'm standing up. That's a standing ovation. Standing ovation. Kelly Meyer comes through again. Comes through again in the clutch. He announced that it was going to be epic. And that was epic. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Let's recap that. I think this will be the first time in history TVE recaps an unacceptable. Like this is like an ESPN highlight. I got to recap this. So let's get this straight. Okay, this is what this guy did. This is what this genius did. Okay? This guy gets hammered drunk at a party, eating shit he clearly shouldn't be eating like peppers. Okay? 
the angel that he's married to, warns him, gets home with him, starts having sex with him. Guy shits the bed, shits all over the place. She steps in the shit, gets pissed off, goes down, sleeps. This guy cleans it all up. She doesn't remember, turns it around on her. Says that she puked during sex. She feels bad. Picks up the kids. Gives the guy free. They does the lawn. Cooks dinner. Offers to blow the guy. Unbelievable. I mean, that's just... That is just unbelievable. Oh, my God. All right, here we go. Well, thank you so much, Kelly. That was another... I mean, that was just... That was one for the ages. All right, here we go. This one is from Crosby Swanson. Uh, Crosby says, I'm at the store. Oh, and it says, good deeds are horseshit. I'm at the store at the end of a long day. I'm putting my groceries on the uh, on the treadmill when I notice the folks behind me only have three items. Since I have a lot of stuff, I offer to let them go ahead of me. They look confused, then accept. They are both white, and here's where it gets uncomfortable. I'm feeling good having done my good deed for the week. They go ahead of me and and only then do I notice that the next shopper in line is an old black man. Guess how many items are in his cart? You guessed it. He's got one item. I'm screwed. If I let him ahead of me, where does it end? If I don't, I've let these whites cut the line with three items and not the black guy with nothing... But a brisket. I decide enough is enough, and I stonewall the black guy. Unluckily, another lane opens up, and he leaves. I still feel like a dick. Goes to show, never, <laughs> never do a good deed. Unacceptable. Uh, I am not an animal. Well, you know what, Crosby? The fact that you even thought of that is cool. Um, I would have made a joke. Here's what I would have done in that situation. I would have let the black guy through, and then I just looked around joking, like, all right, but that's it. That's it. I let them through. I let them through. That's it. I'm done. But uh, at least another, at least he was able to go somewhere else. But uh, no, you're not an animal. That's a that that that's good. Um, and I would say, you know what? Don't don't think the good deeds don't work. The good deeds will come back and help you, and the bad ones will come back and haunt you. That's why Kelly Meyer is in for bad uh, a bad one. <laughs> uh, thank you, Crosby, for the submission. This one is from Ryan. Got two quick ones. Coworker with terrible breath and rotting yellow teeth with visible plaque asks me if uh, they can try my electric cigarette and I get offended and they get offended when I say no. That is unacceptable. It's like, dude, brush your teeth. Here's the other one. Uh, fat uninvited fat uninvited guest at dinner party takes a heaping 10 minute shit in the downstairs bathroom. That's three feet from the kitchen. Clogs the toilet and then leaves the door open. There was a plunger right next to the toilet. Oh my God. That is unacceptable. Ugh. Animals. That's a cage right there. That is definitely a cage right there. Um, Thank you to Ryan for the um, submission. Um, So that should do it. Yes. That should do it for the unacceptables on, on the email. Please send them to Unacceptables for TVE. I will check um, Twitter, and then we will move on. Thank you guys for all that. Kelly, that was hilarious. Everybody's were, were really good this week, so I appreciate it. And if you have one, Unacceptables for TVE at Gmail. I love to read them. And um, All right, yes, this one is from Michael Zofchak. I hope I got that right. Uh, at Z-O-F-F-A-N-A-T-O-R. That's a capital Z. Uh, at Paul Verzi, affliction t-shirts, unacceptable. <laughs> I've never worn one, so I'll agree. Uh, let's see here. Are there any other ones? You know, I may have to have to go back and, and do all this stuff and look back more because, um, you know, some time went by or whatever. Oh, yeah, here we go. Ed Towns. Ed Towns at all capital. Ed got jokes, all capital. Just seen a coworker eat a whole avocado like a peach. Hashtag savage. Hashtag unacceptable. Yeah, see, that's too much for me. Like, I like avocado, and I look, but that, that's just like, to eat it like that is just too much. 
it's kind of it's kind of gross. This one is from Ronnie at Ronnie and then capital P M F, and it's uh, and Ron uh, and the R is capital, so it's at capital R and then O N N Y and then capital P M F. Unacceptable when somebody is texting while you are trying to ask them a question or engage in conversation. You know what? I actually, you're right about that, Ronnie. And I caught myself doing that the other day where somebody was talking to me and I was looking at my phone and then looking up at them and then looking up at my phone and looking at them and I realized that I was being a dick and I should have been called out on it. So uh, you're right about that. All right. This one is from Jesse Thomas at Jesse Thomas 131. Asshole two doors down, letting his Harley rumble in the driveway for 15 minutes at 6 a.m. before tearing down the street. Hashtag unacceptable. It is unacceptable. It is on like 6 o'clock in the morning, Dick. Have some respect for people. Thank you for the submission. Next one, Eric Lundy. Um, at Eric with a C underscore Lundy, capital L-U-N-D-Y. Open mics where people walking in front door have to go past the stage to sit down. Hashtag unacceptable. Lock the owner in a cage. <laughs> yeah, that's the worst. Thank you for the submission. Let's see here if I have any more. Um, Ken Wan 22 at Ken and then W-O-N, capital K and then capital W-O-N, uh, 22. Known joke thief signs with CAA. You want to know something? I know nothing about this fat Jew. I just thought it was like when I kept hearing fat Jew and seeing it, I just thought it was like a bunch of anti-Semitic people. I know that's hilarious. I had no idea. I don't know the guy. Uh, I know nothing about what he's done. I don't know anything. So, um, yeah, when anybody gets signed to something and anybody gets something and you know that that they're kind of not doing it the right way or legit way, then you do feel like, ah, whatever. You know, joke thievery in our business is brutal. It's unacceptable. It's crazy. So, um, but I don't know the guy, and uh, I kind of just stayed away from it. I've been actually away from a lot of TV, social media, and all that stuff. I heard about what's going on, but don't know, really. So um, thank you for the submission. Uh, Dan Kelly at Dan Kelly, and that's a K-E-L-L-E-Y 617. Paul Rosie unacceptable, and it is a BMW taking up two spots. And it's not even a great BMW. It's a common BMW just taking up two spots because the guy's a dick. And uh, that's it, everybody. That is it for the unacceptables. Thank you. Um, Oh, wait, no, sorry. This is from AJ Lesher. And he says, uh, got tickets for 824 in Indy. Got a bottle for you, Verzi. I'll toss it to you from the 20th row. Uh, Unacceptable one-year anniversary. Yes, so what that's about, and you know what? I actually think I just got added to Indy, and I think I got added to Chicago. So I think I'm going to be in Chicago with Burr and Bartnick. And I think I'm going to be in Indy with Burr and Bartnick. So I think I'm actually going on this uh, Midwest tour. So I know for a fact I'm going to be in Chicago. But I think I'm going to be in Indy too. So uh, AJ's talking about a year ago. Uh, well, almost a year ago. Um, on, um, you know, Halloween night, I got a bottle thrown at me in Indianapolis uh, by some big dude that I kicked out of the show because he just was talking through all the comics. So, uh, yeah. And uh, AJ was there. And I, if my memory serves me correctly, I think you have the bottle. Let me know if you do. Somebody's got the bottle. Um, yeah, so there it is, everybody. Those are the unacceptables for the week. I will have new ones, obviously, next week. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to do about the, a show next week. Um, I'm definitely going to not have time to do it with my family there. The only other option is to do another one later today, but I have two shows in Manhattan tonight, so I will see. I'll see if that's something that I can do, okay? Uh, but I will announce I will announce it afterwards. Um, I saw a movie that I want to review. My wife and I had date night. The kids were gone, and we saw that suspense thriller, The Gift. The Gift is with uh, Jason Bateman and uh, that other dude, that Australian guy who was in the movie Warrior. He's been in a bunch of different movies. But basically what happened in the movie was Jason Bateman, I guess, from Chicago, got a job in California where he, you know, is just a great job. They're looking for a house. They get the house or whatever. And uh, they run into a guy that he hasn't seen since... They run into a guy that he hasn't seen since, like, school. 
And the guy's kind of weird, and the guy keeps showing up at the house, and the guy, you know, wants to, I guess, feel him out, and, like, they, they start to think that things are getting weird, and then they tell the guy that they don't want to see the guy anymore, and all this and that. And uh, I'll tell you, I don't, like, it got good reviews. I liked it. Some people didn't like it. I liked it because it was a movie that, here, let me give it to you like this so you guys can make your decision if you want to see it. Because this is one of the weirder reviews that I'll have for it because I don't really know how to, or this is what I'll say. During it, I'm like, this is okay. This is entertaining. It's kind of good. I'm waiting for more to happen. Then it kind of, kind of. I'm not going to say doesn't because there is some twists in it. But I was like, all right. Then the next day, the night of and the next day, I started thinking about it. I started thinking about what the director did. I'm starting to think about like the acting, what meant what. And it was one of those where you're like, oh, that's why he did that. So I liked it. I thought it was a good suspense thriller. It kept me on the edge of the seat. This is a funny story though. We're in the theater and it's me and my wife. We almost have the whole theater to ourselves. And then last minute, a group of people come in and there is a scene, like a group of like, like girls, like maybe like 19 year old girls, 18, 20 year old, whatever. And they're a little chatty, and I hear an older woman in the back say, can you guys please stop? And that did it. They stopped, which was great. But there was one scene where something pops up, and you jump up. And one girl screamed, and when she screamed, like the whole thing, I just jumped back in my seat, and I go, oh, shit. And like I literally jumped out of my seat, and my wife just kind of looked over. It was not my finest moment. Like, I fucking flinched like a bitch. But when you see the scene, you're going to be like, I would have too. Because there's a crazy scene. It's crazy. So, uh, but there was a couple of scary parts. It's not a scary movie. It's a suspense thriller. But there's a couple of parts that that are scared. You're at the edge of your seat. You're kind of um, thinking, oh my God, this is going to happen. That's going to happen. Like, I could never relax in the movie because I was wondering what was going to happen, which makes for a good movie. It actually reminded me of, like, almost like a Hitchcock. It reminded me of almost like a Hitchcock-type thriller, you know. I I enjoyed it. Me and my wife talked about it afterwards. Like, oh, that's why he did that. Oh, that's why he did that. There's some twists in it. There's some twists and turns. There's about two twists where you're like, oh, man, I didn't see that. And then when you think about it later, what happened was pretty good. So I think it's a great date night movie. I think it's a great movie for the wife or the girlfriend and you to just hang out and watch instead of going to the same old remakes or superhero movies or all that stuff. I kind of wanted to stay away from that. Um, and, you know, I do want to see Straight Outta Compton. I was joking with people because all my black friends were talking about how great it was. And I was like, all right, let me let me fucking look at this thing, you know. Be like me reviewing Godfather or Goodfellas. It's like, let me, you know. But I'm hearing great things that it really was good. Um, but it was just not a movie I wanted to take my wife to see, you know. My wife would probably like it, but like my wife's not even into music like that. You know, like the language and the cursing and shit. Yeah, I was just like, oh, let's go see a movie, you know, let's let's go see a, a nice little suspense thrill or something like that. So I, I would say, you know, the gift is definitely cool, man, if you and your wife got a night off or, you know, you and your girl got a night to chill. Um... As far as sports goes, uh, what can I say? I'm excited. I was listening to Tom Coughlin talk on the radio. Some of the some of the Giants. I think the G-Men are going to be. Uh, you know, I worry about the running game a little bit, but I think they're going to overachieve. My prediction is the Giants are going to be good. I know the Yankees are slightly in first place still, and. Um, what else? Obviously, there's no good boxing out because boxing stinks. There's not really any big UFC fights coming up, I don't think. Um, so it's just waiting for football here. We got, what, two weeks? I think the season starts in three weeks. Yeah, season starts in three weeks. So that's pretty much it um, with the sports. I have, been, you know, I was talking to somebody today about this. I haven't watched ESPN in months or a month. Like, I literally don't watch ESPN anymore. I think it's too corporate. I just don't really care that much anymore. It's the same thing all the time. It's the same type of stories. It's not that much about sports anymore. I just like looking at updates on my phone and reading stuff than just listening to the same people on Sports Center. So um, that's pretty much all I have for sports. I really, I just don't have much other than thinking that the Giants are going to be good and um, you know see what happens with the Yankees. I know everybody's going nuts about the Mets. The Mets look good. New York sports is doing pretty good right now, but you guys know me. You guys know what I want. I'll throw it all away for the, for the Knicks. I want the Knicks to win. Um, 
So that's pretty much the show, guys. This is episode uh, 222 of the Verzi Effect podcast. Um, let you guys know what's going to happen with the next episode, whether uh, I'm going to unfortunately have to miss a week or have something else in the can. I will let you know that. Um, also, until then, check out my sponsors, gonzofame.com, for the best interviews with the comedians that you like today. Check them out. It's a really good site. Brookings Mediation, you know. Kelly Meyer almost had to go to it. Uh, but if you're going through something like divorce or you need that mediation, man, uh, you know, debt. I know I would have done it with debt. I know when I was like in my mid 20s, like when I had debt and like people were calling and trying to collect, I would have loved an option to go and talk to somebody and have it consolidated and do it. So you could give John Burton a call, tell him I sent you, 877 415. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's right. I'm sorry. 877-415-7770. Go to brookinsmediation.com and call John for a free consultation. Check that out. Also, check out All Things Comedy. Follow me on Twitter, at Paul Verzi. That's V-I-R-Z-I. Um, got some news about the album. So here's what's going on with the album, everybody. I'll tell you everything that's going on with it right now. The editing is done. All, everything is all done with the album. And... Um, I am waiting to find out if I'm going to do an exclusive with Sirius Radio. So if I do an exclusive with Sirius Radio, Sirius Radio for six months will play the shit out of my album. If you have Sirius, you can hear it. I'll still have physical copies that you guys can buy, but it's not going to be released anywhere else. So you're going to have to get it through me, or you're gonna, and you're just going to have to listen to Sirius and you'll listen to the jokes and all that stuff. Then six months later, uh, it will be released to a record company. Um, I will know the answer to that, or it's just going to be re- released to the record company uh, a week for, uh, in a week and a half. So um, either way, the, the it's going to be available uh, in September. We just don't know at what, what what level or capacity yet. But the album is coming out. It is called Night at the Stand, Paul Verzi Night at the Stand, and uh, there you have it. So I'll let you guys know about that. More comes out, and uh, working on some other other stuff that uh, hopefully you guys will see. So. Until then, till next show, take care. I'm out of here. Have a great weekend.